I want the fairy tale. I want the Prince Charming. She... <laughs> How do I put this? Isn't a fan of my kissing style. So we were boyfriend and girlfriend for about 12 hours. He's in a trash bin. He's non-recyclable. Catch you never. I love being in love. I love love. On today's episode of Where's Your Head At, we are looking at codependency in relationships and being clingy. Stay tuned to hear what our thoughts are on each other being clingy and what the cure is to stop being so needy. Where's Your Head At is a podcast that talks all things relationships, breakups, reality TV, trending shows, and everything in between. This is your new go-to destination for laughs, gossip, intimate details, advice, and much more. Okay, welcome back, everyone, to Where's Your Head At? I'm Anna. I'm Matt, and we just want to start off today by touching on last week's episode that we did with Olivia and Jackson from Maths. Yeah. I mean, firstly, we're going to start by saying the level of trolling that they got on their platforms, but also on our social media was so eye-opening. Matt and I have never seen that level of trolling before, and it was honestly overwhelming. I was actually speechless. I still am. Like, I remember looking at my phone the morning after we posted the stuff, and I was just, I was gobsmacked. I think the thing with trolling is we have to remember it's a really small percentage of people that troll, like less than 5% of people. The majority of people are sane and level-headed, mm-hmm. but I think when you see like this enormous amount of trolling, whether it be Olivia and Jackson or someone else that's kind of getting a bit of heat, I think you have to remember that it's not everyone's view and perspective. Like people are kind, they are open-minded. And I think for us, it was a bit of a shock because it was really disheartening to see so much hate, but it wasn't just hate. Like it was deeper than that. Did you find that like a lot of it was people like jumping on a bandwagon, they're all ganging up and getting together and like, do you know what I mean? It was a pack mentality almost. Yeah, for sure. So like people would see a few hate comments and then they jump on board or they like a comment if they're not brave enough to say something because they realize how spiteful and evil it is. And like, look, we get why people feel this way. We watched the show too. We both had very strong opinions watching Olivia and Jackson. And I mean, even Jackson said if he saw Olivia Mm -hmm. and how she acted, he wouldn't want her to teach his kids as well. So, I mean, we're all on the same page. You know, we definitely don't want to condone any of the bullying on any level, like from any side. From on the show or even on social media. We're against bullying here. And we've been anti-bullying from day one. We've spoken about it with many of our guests, including Michael Theo, who spoke a lot about even he was getting online abuse, which just blew my mind. And I think it's important to point out, Matt, that there's a difference between having an opinion and Mm -hmm. trolling. Like everyone is entitled to have an opinion. We all love sharing our opinion, but when it gets to a level where someone's talking about a potential suicide and people are saying, do it, that is where we have to draw the line. And It was honestly mind-blowing. Look, we started this podcast because we wanted to be able to tell 
and hear from people that we found interesting. Yeah. And we obviously thought that their story was interesting, like thousands of people do that have listened and tuned into our podcast. It's an interesting story about what they went through. So, everyone has the right to be heard. So, that's why we got them on the podcast. Look, we don't think what they're saying is true or lies. It's their opinion. Like I always say, Anna, there's three sides to a story. Mm. Yours, theirs and the truth. So and, that was, And the producers. And the producers, <laughs> Probably yeah. four sides okay, in four, this scenario. Yeah, you got me there. So, there's four <laughs> sides to a story in this one. And we just wanted to hear their side and let them tell their side. And we're not siding with them. We're not against them. We're just Switzerland in the middle, neutral. <laughs> All right, Anna, on a positive note, your tan is looking amazing. That isn't any, <laughs> that isn't fake. That's real, isn't it? That is real. I mean, to be honest, I feel like I could use a bit of a fake tan. <laughs> Tanner, she loves her tan. So, how was Bali? It was amazing. Like, It was super fun. Bali seems to be getting back to normal after the pandemic, which is great. We stayed in Changu for the majority of the time and it was super fun. Like there was people everywhere. It's pretty busy there. It's very warm in Bali. The sun Mm. was shining. How were the COVID restrictions on getting in? It was fine. Like it was super easy to get there, way easier than Thailand, easier than going to the UK. So it it was a simple process. So for anyone traveling to Bali, like, don't worry. It's super easy, super fine. Just read the guidelines and you'll be good to go. I don't know if you saw this on my Instagram, but Michael (laughs) decided that he wanted to get a henna tattoo because Michael and I have been talking for a little bit about getting matching tattoos. Even when you and Jen were getting a matching tattoo, we were kind of like, should we go with them? And so Michael was kind of like, okay, Anna, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get a henna tattoo on the beach. Yeah. (laughs) As like a trial run kind of thing. So, is that what he wants to get? A tattoo of your name? I don't think he'd get a tattoo of my name, but he was like, <laughs> fuck it. We're on holiday. Yeah. We're in love. He's, he was feeling the holiday romance oh, and he naturally. was like, let's get Anna henna tattooed on my ankle. Anyway, he's had this tattoo now for a week. It's really like very badly done. But yeah. That's okay. Like he wasn't expecting it to be good. Sorry, how long does a head and tattoo last for? I've seen people with it on their hands and that. Like, I think normally like two weeks. I could be wrong, but I think around two weeks, like no longer than a month. Okay, so he's got two weeks to decide if this is what he wants or not. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not what he wants, but he noticed that it started to get darker and he's like, why is it getting darker? And like when the tattoo was being applied or put on. Mm. The guy was using this really sharp, pointy tool that was kind of like spiky and Michael was like, huh, hold on a second. like It's a real tattoo, plot <laughs> twist. So anyway, I posted it on my Instagram being like, ha, ha, ha. Michael thinks this could be a real tattoo, like lol, jokes, whatever. Anyway, then my DMs fully blew up. People were like... I got a henna tattoo in Bali when I was 17. I'm now 38 and still have it. All of these horror (laughs) stories. And I was like, surely not. Like, number one, the tattoo looks like trash. (laughs) It was actually messed up like three times. Like, it was not well put on. Anyway, it just, it can't be real. Like, it can't be real. We're both in denial. Imagine in a month from now, it's still there. Two months from now, we're reporting back and it's still there. There's so many stories of people having these henna tattoos from Bali for like 10 years. And I'm just like, wow, this is too much. But then people have also told me stories where 
the ink from barley has actually burnt their skin. And so then they're actually left with a scar in the shape of like whatever henna tattoo they got. (laughs) So if you Google this, honestly, like it's very traumatizing. So Michael's going through a lot of trauma right now. He's like, you know what? I love you so much, but like, you know. I can't this, have this. This is not tattoo. the tattoo I would have gotten for you. All right. So, if you guys are going to get matching tattoos, what are you looking at getting? Um, there's a few options going around. Like, Michael calls me his little English rose because my dad's English. So, he was thinking of getting a rose and Cute. I was thinking of getting, like, this little Greek symbol. We were thinking of getting always, both of us getting always tattooed. Yeah. There's lots of different kind of ideas being thrown around, but... At this stage, that's being held on pause because Michael could potentially have Anna marked on his skin for life. So everyone say a prayer for Michael. Oh, what because- a wonky tattoo as well <laughs> to get done. <laughs> just- oh, no. So apart from Michael's, I'm not going to say average, but his <laughs> questionable tattoo that he's ended up getting of your name. How was the rest of your holiday? It was really fun. Like we went whitewater rafting. If you're going to Bali, I would highly recommend it. It was super fun. And we just kind of chilled out. It was really nice not doing too much and just really kicking back and relaxing. Me and Michael were like, oh my God, we've become so codependent. Like how has this happened? Because we just love spending time together. So I think we're going to talk about codependency in relationships in this episode next. Anna, before we start today's topic, would you call yourself clingy or codependent? Because <laughs> I know what I'd call you, but I'll let you decide first. <laughs> um, look, if I really like someone, yeah, like I think I do get a little bit codependent and it is something that I have noticed in past relationships and something that I've actually tried to do a lot of work on. Like mm-hmm. I kind of swore to myself after my last relationship because obviously we were in a lockdown together and I mean lockdowns just breed codependency they did yeah but yeah I think after that I kind of swore to myself that I would make sure that I really kept my independence and sense of self but am I clingy yeah like when you're in love I think it's hard not to be clingy yeah, I, I'd have to say you're quite clingy, Anna, if I am to be honest. But aren't we all a little bit, like you said, when we're in love? Yeah, like, I was about to say, Matt, you're so clingy. What do I, you mean? I know. I get like a little bit annoyed if you're not answering me quick enough or texting me back. But that's I find that that's more like, is it? would you say separation anxiety almost in a way? Like, yeah. I get that a little bit. Like if it's like a big day, you're too far away from each other. <laughs> I know that Jen's going on a couple of holidays, not holidays, but one's a work trip, but that without me and I'm gonna, we're being discussing how we're going to go without it, each other for seven days. How are you going to go? Well, one of them, she won't have her phone on her. So Why? She's doing a uh, trail through the Northern Territory for charity. So, she's oh, not going to have her phone shit. for seven days. How are you going to survive? Oh, my phone's going to be blowing up that well, week. I said, I hope her <laughs> twin sister Nikki's ready for me to be blowing her phone up, asking her to get coffee with me. I actually Second best thing. <laughs> yeah, I actually went up behind Jen when we were talking about it. I was like, would uh, Nikki care if I did this to her? And I cuddled and she's like, yeah, she'd tell you to fuck off. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I think I'd definitely call you a little bit codependent, Matt. And mm-hmm. I think in, even in, in our relationship, you're a bit clingy sometimes. 
times. You're like, have you seen my text? I'm like, you've literally messaged me on three different group chats, Matt. I don't, I don't know which one. That was literally this morning. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm telling that story because it literally happened this morning. <laughs> so, what is the definition of codependency, Anna? Okay, so codependency is putting your partner's needs and desires before your own every single time or majority of the time. Your happiness and mood is generally based around how they're feeling. So, like, I don't know about you, but when I first start seeing someone, and this is how I know I'm quite clingy or a little bit codependent, (laughs) when I first start seeing someone, they start to kind of consume my thoughts. Like if mm. I'm going on a date with someone who I really like, it's my thoughts become consumed by them. Then I start looking for validation after the dates to see if they've messaged me or how quickly they're messaging me. And I kind of really fall into that trap of being a little bit consumed by them if I like them enough. Where it says that your mood generally based around how they're feeling, I find myself really sensitive to energies and I know you do as well. Yeah. So if my partner is feeling like down or annoyed or pissed off about something, I honestly let it like fully, like you said, consume me. And like, I'm like, well, it puts me in a mood and I'm like, well, how do I get you out of this mood? And like, I've been with partners that just want like five minutes to relax and then they come back. But I'm the sort of person that's like, no, no, like how do I make you feel better? And I like get really, really intense about it. Overbearing. Yeah, overbearing about it and want to bring them back to like a positive mood. Yeah. Because I guess, it, yeah, it affects your energy. But yeah. that's something you probably need to learn. I probably just need to give her five minutes and she'll come back to me. <laughs> yeah, well, let's not get down that rabbit hole. Yeah, so like obviously you admittedly are quite clingy, codependent, needy, whatever you want to call it. But you told me the other day <laughs> that you and Jen had recently done this thing where – You've stopped talking during the day. Do you want to talk me through that? Okay. So, obviously, Jen and myself are living together now. So, we found that when we got home, we'd obviously spoken all day about stuff. So, like, if you think about it, we have, like, all these different threads going. So, we have, like, a TikTok thread, an Instagram thread, and, like, sometimes an email if I'm forwarding her emails (laughs) that she needs to read, like, text message. So, we're, like, all these different, like, conversations going on that once we get home, we're just like... Well, yeah, you told me that. Yeah, we've spoken about that. You know what I mean? So, we said, all right, well, how about we for a week don't communicate during the day? Mm. Nah, I think we got a couple of days. (laughs) 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 It was was very difficult. Not just myself. I think she found it very difficult as well. She said she did. Did you find yourself like going to text her to tell her things and then you're like, damn, I'm not allowed. Yeah, and then I would write it in notes. So, then when we got home, we'd sit there with our notes and just reel off everything to each other. Recap her on your day. (laughs) Make sure she hasn't missed out on anything. Yeah, I'm like, and then I got my third coffee. (laughs) And then, and then, because we send a lot of photos of what we're doing during the day, so I just bombarded her phone with all the photos, and I'm like, "This is, I'm like, this has become a show and tell now." So I send her all the photos, and then reading through the notes. If you look at the photo of this, this is when I saw a duck. You know what I mean? Like, it just, yeah, it was. It's so we, we've acted that we've just trying to now keep the talking during the day to a minimum and it's it's obviously training for when she doesn't have a phone when she's on her charity walk <laughs> matt needs a bit of training for yeah that. <laughs> no, i'm stressing i know that michael and i like this is how codependent we are we sometimes text each other when we're literally in the same house like he'll be like okay i'm gonna go do some work or he'll be like on his laptop and he'll just be like love you <laughs> So, I mean, you know, I'm... That's the first time I've heard of that. 
have you got do you guys not do that? No, nah, I'll just walk in. <laughs> walk in and say hey. Yeah. I'm, yeah, that was out of nowhere. That was not on the brief. <laughs> I'm shook at that story. Um, That's cute though, in a way. Yeah, I think it's cute. Like we're both like busy doing work, so then he'll just like I'll just get like a random message from him and then I'm like, ah. Oh. That's really sweet. He thought about me. Do you guys then. send like photos to each other, like selfies or photos of what you're doing in that? Yeah, but like not when we're in the same house. That we'd have to be separated to do that. You, you know that every time before we start shooting, I send a selfie to Jen. Yeah, I know. It's and, cute. And then I end up putting that in my story, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and say like the link below. Yeah. But that's what we do. We do that sort of stuff and send each other selfies. Yeah. Have you witnessed codependency? Um, I'd say in my... I wouldn't say I have been codependent. There's obviously been a previous relationship where they tried to control me, like my finances, what I did and all that sort of stuff. But I sort of fought back on that one. You kind of fought for your independence. Yeah, fought for my independence. Like I was like, like, give me a bit of space. Like I'm a grown man. Like I can do what I want to do. Yeah, I've seen mates that are like pretty codependent on their missus. I know I've got a really good mate of mine who I think is and he'd say he is as well. Yeah. Like relies on her to cook his dinner, like um, get his like morning breakfast for him and all that sort of stuff. Is it a bad thing though? I don't know. I think there's a fine line. So yeah. like I would say if you can't do it for yourself and you're getting them to do it and like it's actually like your girlfriend is taking time out of their day like and it's pushing their like do you know what I mean? Yeah, like it's back, impacting them. Them, then it's then it's a situation. But if they've got time, like you say, you're working late and they're at home to cook dinner or do something like that, so be it. I think. Yeah. Well, look, let's talk about how being codependent is detrimental to other aspects of your life. Next. Anna, you've told me a lot about guys who have become codependent quickly in relationships. Mm. What is the craziest codependency story you have? It's funny you ask this because the craziest codependency story that I actually have is with someone who I don't know and have never met. What? They got codependent on you. Yeah. How bizarre, I know. So, basically, I had this guy. He was in my message request section. So, obviously, on Instagram, I have primary messages and I have general messages. And then the request messages are from people who I don't follow that might send me through a message and I can read it and they won't know that I've read it. Anyway, there was this guy that just kept popping up there every single day or anytime I would check it, he was always there. And he would message me like six to seven times a week. And a lot of the messages, the way he would talk was as if he knew me, as if he was going to see me later. If I was talking to the camera, he would reply back and be like, yeah, baby, thanks for like letting me know about this. So he genuinely thought, from my understanding, that we were in a relationship. And this went on for over a year. Like, this guy did not give up. I was like, how do you have time for me? Like, (laughs) we don't even know each other. We've never met. But I think he didn't have an understanding that we weren't in a relationship. And it was funny because when I posted Michael, when I hard launched Michael, I can't remember what I said, but obviously I'd hashtagged boyfriend. I actually got a breakup message from this codependent follower that I have. Was it sad? Or had. Yeah. He was like, clearly like you've been kind of cheating on me with Michael. I think the best thing to do is that we take some space. You've really hurt me here. Like, I hope you understand how hurt this has made me. And honestly, I felt really bad. I was like... 
Have you heard from him since that breakup message? Not once. So it's crazy because that person was so codependent on me. And I guess, like, I hate to say it, but we were very deluded and delusional about the relationship that they thought we had. And yeah, I, I got broken up with, with someone who I've never met, never seen. And yeah, it was wild. It does remind me, actually, I had a similar situation, if not the same. I had this girl that kept messaging me. And like you said, like every story I put up, it was like it was personally sent to her. Yeah. And like she would even send me like photos of her, like selfies of her, like where she, what she was doing during the day, what she was having for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> and it was in my request and I was just like, oh, okay, this girl like fully thinks we're together. And then when I did post Jen for my hard launch, I didn't get such a nice message like you did. I got a very aggressive <laughs> like go... F yourself, really? you piece of trash. Like we were something Whoa. we were meant to be. And if I'm, I remember correctly, she was from England because I remember some of the photos I saw and I was like, oh, that's that's the, that's the motorway in England. But yeah, that, that's a codependent. So like the same sort of thing that happened to you. Wow. How crazy. I know. It's yeah, obviously they've got some, like you said, deluded thoughts that we were with them. And look, obviously these people have a real lack of understanding of reality. And so I guess they have probably some mental health issues. So we're definitely not making fun of them, but that lack of understanding and that extreme codependency was just super interesting to witness. All right, let's take a look at the signs that would make an individual codependent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, After reading this, Anna, I was a bit like, ooh, actually, maybe I am a little bit more codependent than I think. There are some in there that stood out like a sore thumb, so we'll go through them. Okay, so the first one is they normally measure their self-worth on how others perceive them. So, like, they want to feel really needed and cared for. Uh, They over-apologize and will admit they're wrong to keep the peace. The old-fashioned saying goes... Happy wife, happy life, and um, yeah, live or die by that, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> they usually need a lot of approval from other people in their life, and they have this massive fear of rejection. They feel guilty when they do something for themselves, like say, buy themselves a gift or practice some self-care or even go see their friends for a day. This one's a big one. They normally accept a heavier workload to earn praise and admiration for those around them. And interestingly, they also like the feeling of lightening someone else's workload or burden. They don't feel like they can say no and will do things they don't want to do to make others happy. They normally idolize their partners and will make a point of maintaining relationships even if they are unfulfilled. Yeah, that's a uh, that's a big one. I think that we've all been, everyone's been there at one stage of their life. Yeah, for sure. But like Matt, let's talk about codependency and then interdependency because there is a difference and Mm. one is a lot healthier than the other. So, what is a happy medium then? Okay, so interdependency has partners depending on each other for support in a really healthy way. You're available to support your partner but not at the cost of all self-worth and the expense of your own needs and well-being. So, I guess you're kind of setting boundaries in relationships which we've spoken about many times before Mm -hmm. is so important to do super early on. And I guess with interdependency, you have set those really healthy boundaries. And I think if your partner doesn't accept those boundaries that you've set and how you want to do your own thing, then that's not healthy on their behalf, is it? 
Yeah, and I think like when you do set healthy boundaries, it just basically means that you're communicating your own needs and desires and asking for support when you find yourself struggling. It just makes your life easier and it means that your needs are really getting met. All right, so if a listener is listening to this and they want to know how to become more independent in their relationship, how would they go about doing that? Okay, so the first thing which we've advocated for many times is go to couples counselling. It's super insightful and it's really great to get tools from an outside party who can look at your relationship in a really impartial way. Uh, This one I think I can relate to as well. Practice self-care and get used to spending time alone. Yeah. The other night, Jen was going out for drinks with her friends and I dropped her off and I was like, oh, I was like, what am I going to do tonight? (laughs) Like, you know, like normally we sit down and watch like a TV show or a movie together. Yeah. I went and picked myself up a large meat lover's pizza, (laughs) laid in bed and watched two movies that I've been hanging to watch out that I know Jen doesn't like horror movies. I'm a massive horror fan myself, so I watched two horror movies. I had the best night of my life. Bit of self-care, bit of (laughs) self-love. A couple of red wines. I was feeling feeling great. This is another one. Pick up a hobby or focus on your own interests. Michael plays basketball every Tuesdays. That's something that he loves to do. And Mm. when I know that he's going to play basketball, it gives me time to really focus on myself and do some me things and then I also have other hobbies that I like to do and then he has some more independent time as well. Uh, learn how to form healthy boundaries in your relationship. We touched on that before. That's just a given. Like Everyone has to have boundaries in a relationship. And then finally, spending time with supportive family members or friends. I think this is a big one, Matt, because a lot of people fall into this trap in relationships where they push their friends and family to the side mm-hmm. and they lose those really close bonds in relationships. Another thing on that is I feel like you should keep like, yes, it's great to introduce your partner to your friends and your family, but like you should keep your friend, not like keep them separate, but like have it so your friends groups don't intertwine. I feel like because when you break up, that can make it messy as well. So, you should be able to like a guy should be able to go hang out with his mates and like a girl should go out to hang out with her friends. Like, yeah, everyone should get along, but keep them sort of separate in a way as well if they are. Yeah, like obviously there's, you know, everyone has different situations and like sometimes people meet in friend groups and we get that. But yeah, like I do get kind of what you're saying. I think it's important for everyone to kind of intertwine and spend time together and get along. But then, yeah, as you said, it's nice to have boys nights and maybe Jen to have girls nights, me to have girls nights. Michael to have boys nights, you know, like that's healthy, but it's also nice hanging out all together. I know when you do go out for a boys night, like the one thing you want to do is just get home and cuddle. <laughs> Speaking from experience, <laughs> I should <laughs> just want to get home. Just can't wait to get home and give Jen a big cuddle. So. Oh, that's really cute. Mm-hmm. Okay. We've spoken a little bit about how we think we could be codependent, but are we really codependent or are we just clingy? I said before, I think you're clingy, Anna, and you said you think (laughs) I'm clingy. So, let's see what we are, actually. Okay, guys, we are doing a new segment of our podcast every week from now on. It's called Where's Our Head At? This is exciting, Anna. We're going to ask you guys to write in to get involved in our podcast, to be more integrated in everything we do. We want to hear from you. We want to know your stories and we are going to include some of them in our podcast. All right, we're going to put question boxes on our social media stories. So, make sure you keep a lookout for them and fill them in with your stories. We look forward to hearing from you. 
If your responses are too long, then send us a DM and we might feature you in our podcast. So, we appreciate all your stories. So, make sure they come in. Love you guys. Love you guys. Okay. So, one of the people from our Where's Our Head At fam has written in to us and said, Yup. I pull away from being affectionate because I never get words of affection and barely get compliments. Never got an I love you, so I just never put out affection anymore because I don't get it. I'm a loyal people pleaser. Don't speak up because he thinks I'm crazy. It really hurts. So she's saying that he doesn't give affection and when she does ask for affection, he calls her crazy. Yeah, this guy sounds not great. For one, I'll start by saying you should never call your partner crazy and should always validate their feelings no matter what it is. If you disagree with it or agree with it, you should always say, well, how do we work through this? How do I make you feel validated? Yeah. Look, as we've said many times on this podcast, it sounds like there's not a lot of boundaries in your relationship and I think it's time to be open and honest. If this person doesn't appreciate you for who you are, maybe they're not your person and they're not worth being with. Sounds hard to hear, but sometimes you've got to hear the truth. Yeah. And look, I think validation and approval is important in any relationship. And I think if you're not getting that in your relationship, it's time to really take a look and really ask yourself if that's where you want to be. If you're staying with someone just to be a people pleaser, it's just not a good enough reason in my opinion. Speaking from experience, nice guys get taken advantage of. So... I don't know what length of a nice person or nice guy you're being, but I don't want to say it, but I suggest getting a backbone and sticking up for what you believe in and stay true to yourself. Thank you so much to everyone who has written in and given us their stories. We're going to be doing a segment of Where's Our Head At for our Where's Your Head At family every single episode from now on. So make sure when you see those question boxes on our socials, get involved, send us DMs, and we would love to get you involved in our podcast. Okay, guys, until next time, you heard it here first. Anna is the more clingier one than me. (laughs) Absolutely not. It's (laughs) definitely Matt. Bye, guys. Bye. (laughs) 